Guys, it's that time of the week again. It's time for a new episode of Girlfriend Material, your gay to Z of all things LGBTQ+. I'm Rosie, I'm here, I'm queer, and I'm in your ears to bring you another jam-packed, exciting episode. So sit back, strap in, pun intended. We're going to have a good time. Right, Catherine, hello. Hi. Hi, you've got your 17 coffee uh, on the go. I do. I am so baffled. I mean, I know that the podcast is gay, but the camp cups are a bit intense. They oh. feel like we're camping, we're, we're lesbians. <laughs> you feel like a granola lesbian. Yeah, I really do. Something. What's also wild is that we probably two of the femmiest femmes around yeah. have somehow both shown up in a button down today, which feels very off brand. Yeah, I don't know. I just, I'm rocking that sort of like androgynous. Like, yours is like today. I'll just stop hitting the mic. Um, yours is much more um, femmy than mine, but I don't know how we manage this. Yeah, I don't know. I love that we think we're androgynous with full hair, full makeup. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> the long hair. Being like, oh my God, who's going to know we're girls? Know. <laughs> it's excellent. I do feel quite like sturdy with the mug. Though. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Gosh. Just give it, you know what? This is this was all planned. It's all like giving queer vibes. And this is. is this is what we're here for. Um, but thank you for joining me mm. on the show. Um, for anybody listening to this, and also what? Watching this as well. Um, today we have the lovely Catherine Bohart, who is a comedian, writer, and actor. And you've got credits. I feel I always feel like I'm reading like a CV when I do. It's these, so nice. It's <laughs> nice, isn't it, to hear it back? But you've got credits at Live at the Apollo, Mock the Week, and The League of Their Own, and more. You're See, Mum. See, I am a comedian. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a legit, a legit I swear comedian. She's not listening, but yeah. But as you mentioned, we are also queer. Which yeah. is what's bringing us here today. Through many things, but also we're going to be talking about... It's the only thing that gets me out of the house. Yeah, to be fair. Yeah. Yeah, I was thinking today, um, God, I don't want to get up, but I'm gay, so... You got well to, go. you have to have yeah. some pep. If we can't put pep in our step, yeah. there's no hope for anyone else. <laughs> Literally. Um, so we're going to be talking about a range of different things today, but I wanted to start with what I like to ask my guests, which is like, what does your coming out journey look like and have you been out for a while have you been out recently and yeah a little bit of a flavor to Catherine okay well I am 35 I came out when I was 19 in Ireland I thought I was gay probably from about age 14 Mm. um I didn't really know any boys. I went to an all-girls school and insofar as I did, they seemed disgusting. Uh, but I turned out that's because they were teenagers, not because they were boys. Yeah. Um. And so when I got to university, I was like, oh, no, everyone, actually. I'm an equal opportunities employer. And um, which was like not received as a cool way to to come out it turns out um just stating your employment status or employer status (laughs) but wait is that how you came out to be I'm an equal opportunities employer people were like you're a very intense 19 year old but um yeah but I came out so what uh how many years ago is that 16 so the math on that is 2013 2007 came out yeah. about 2007 we were literally just chatting about how we're not like these we're not maths people. girls <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah 2007 and in ireland so you may take another 10 years off that yeah but um it was i have really never had much shame around it i have shame around so many things but to i think i was there was a weird mix of i grew up in quite a liberal home I had a very sexually liberal mother um 
And she was very like sex positive and very mm. um informative and also watched a lot of stuff. Like so like I knew about the L word because my mom watched it. Is your mum queer? Um, I think I don't want to speak on her behalf. I think if she were my age now, she would say yes. She's been married to a man for so long and, and that question was never asked of her. Right. So but I think she'd be like I don't want to speak on her behalf, but she's like yeah. very like, yeah, probably. And um, so we just outed your mother on this podcast. My, well, I'm a poor woman. <laughs> I out her on stage almost every night and she's like, I, that's not what I said. Um, but uh, because, yeah, when I came out, she was basically like, I mean, don't we all find women hot? And I was like, what? Mm. No, what? Um, so she was like, uh-huh, you're logical. Yes, I get it. Yeah. Um, and so then I think. But I, I had I debated in school and university because I was a cool girl. And um and I had this really amazing debate teacher who used to get us to talk about all kinds of things. And I think intellectually I'd already advocated for myself before I realized who I was, if that mm, makes sense. So I kind yeah. of um knew that it wasn't wrong and even though everything about the society I grew up in said it was so like I grew up in a very religious context I went to an all-girls Catholic school that was attached to an actual convent I grew up in incredibly Catholic Ireland um when I came out there was no gay marriage no um parenting rights no parental rights there was um my dad is a Catholic deacon so which he was joining the church as I was coming out um which was very difficult and for me and um and then, yeah, so I would say personally, I felt okay, although incredibly resisted. Like even when I would come out and be like, I'm bi, most people were like, no, you're not. You're just looking for attention. Really? It was 2007. Oh, yeah. yeah. But I really was, I remember my friend Kate in university. I feel like she and I, she, I was really lucky she was there, actually. I don't know what it was. We, the two of us were just like... I understand everyone around me is seeming to expect that I should be ashamed or embarrassed, but we just weren't, mm-hmm. which I feel really lucky about. But um, that doesn't mean that there weren't obstacles or that other people didn't have issues. And that was painful. Yeah. So you said, like, obviously you grew up in Ireland, but like what I guess what what's the difference? Like, what do you feel the difference was? Like you mentioned, you touched upon it, like with religion and stuff like it's so much more like ingrained in society over there than it, it is was. here. I really am conscious that I'm speaking about an Ireland that was true 16 years ago that isn't yeah, true now. Yeah. Right? They've legalised gay marriage. There's so much more queerness, but I do like open queerness, but I it wasn't the case when I was growing up there and it was like seen as sinful mm-hmm. and I definitely grew up with that narrative and understanding of it. I definitely grew up with it making me feel... What it didn't make me feel was ashamed. What it did make me feel like was an outsider. Mm-hmm. Like it would almost, it almost seemed inevitable to me that I would have to move away. Mm. That was like, I was also like a creative and a person, but I felt like that was sort of my only choice in a way. Yeah. Um, And I think a lot of people, queer people maybe have that where they're like, it's hard to accept that your hometown has changed. Um, So it has, but for me, it probably holds quite a like... A place of like oh, has it do I trust it to mm, accept me yeah um and but then I moved to London and when did you um, move to London then 2012 
And then, um, so I'd been out for quite a while. I'd had my first girlfriend. Mm -hmm. I'd had my, the start of my second. I moved in with my second girlfriend who had only been dating long distance because I was an idiot. And um, that did not last. Two hours after you got together. Yeah, yeah, terrible, terrible choice. And, uh, but I was young. And then, um, yeah, and then I feel like I've become more and more comfortable. I think I'm really lucky that my job Everything that was like painful about being me as I grew up became sort of my USPs as a comedian. Mm-hmm. Like I talk about mental health. I talk about being queer. I talk about coming from religion. I talk about, you know, being a woman. I, my last show was a lot about like attraction to butch women. Like mm-hmm. I think um, whether that was implicit or explicit, I think just like. But the things that were like, oh my God, how will I ever be, are now my like calling cards and things that people relate to, which is really nice. Yeah. I mean, if you can't laugh about it, you cry, right? Yeah. And also like... (laughs) My analogy in life. (laughs) Also, I just feel like it... I now have to say it's... I don't have to. I choose to say it so much that it's so normalized in me that I'm like, oh yeah. Like occasionally I'll go to settings where it's not comfortable and be like oh shit yeah Yeah, I feel the same you know like I feel um on a different level like I mean I do a lot of like comedy on TikTok and Mm -hmm. like I did foray into the stand-up world a few times um yeah and I remember stepping on the aux cable at a mic and and like cutting myself out on a boat and I was just like you know what I don't know if this is for me but we're not maths girls we're not we're not tech girls (laughs) we're not tech girls um, women in STEM just not these women yeah yeah other women in STEM different (laughs) women in STEM please um, but you know I turned it into like doing you know like comedy TikToks and stuff and um, I think that that has really like helped me to to you know just like own who I am as an identity as like a, a queer person like because I have this podcast and I talk about it like every fucking day it's just like yeah. gay, gay 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 and then you end up going into a situation where you're just like oh hang about actually this is why I'm doing this mm-hmm. stuff and talking about this these mm-hmm. things is because actually like you are wrapped in this creative sort of London bubble of like having queer friends and like talking about all of this stuff and then it's like shit this is still needed for the outside world and I think for as long as like there'll be a whole bunch of people who might listen and go oh but it's like perfectly fine other places it is but I think the thing that more than the like homophobia that you get quite a lot anytime I put up a video on TikTok more than anything, the comment I get most often is like, why do you need to talk about it? And it's like, yeah, I get when you don't care, we'll have achieved something. Mm-hmm. Like, no one's on, you know, going under male comedians' videos being like, why do you have to talk about your wife? We get it. You have a <laughs> wife. Ugh, we get it. You're married. So it's like, there. it's like a real, um, it's a real way to out yourself, I think, as a as somebody who actually does care by yeah. being like, why yeah. do you even care so much? Yeah. Like, well, what, why are because you... Because of ri- you. Why are you here <laughs> writing this? Yeah, yeah. literally. Um, but it's come a long way. So talk to me about the dating scene then in Ireland and talk to me about the dating scene versus that versus London. Okay, well, first thing, cards on the table, I'm a serial monogamist. So I just want to be very clear that me, my experience of the dating scene is meeting a woman and then being with her for the next three and a half years. Okay. So I just want to flag that. But um, do, you, do you fall hard and fast? Are you one of those types of people? Yes, and... Oh, it's very improv. That um, yes, <laughs> yes, and I had very low self-esteem for a long time. I think, and there was a 
considerable amount of time where if somebody was attracted to me at all, I didn't really question whether or not I was, I had fallen or was interested or wanted to be there. I was a sort of grateful mm. and, um, you know, just relieved to have somebody want to be with me. So that I think was what started the serial monogamy. And then, yeah, I think I also am additionally a massive romantic and I like being in relationships and and I also am a great haven't really tried ever to be alone for any meaningful amount of time. So I can't pretend that I'm like, it's just what I prefer. It's it's certainly what I know and what I feel yeah. safe in. But uh, yeah, I guess I, I fall into that lesbian trope of, hello, we've just met. Let's do this thing. Yeah. You seem perfect for me. You seem like you have a ringer. A ringer? You seem like you have, you have a finger. I can't even talk. You seem like you have a finger that would fit a ring. Yes, exactly. That's what I was about to say. Exactly. really weird. No, I liked your version. <laughs> you you seem like you have a ringer for a finger. <laughs> um, yes, exactly. And um, yeah, I think... But the dating scene in Ireland, when I when I was coming out, the dating scene, I don't know if there was a dating scene. What I know is that there was no... I used to go out, if I wanted to meet women, to the only mm. two gay bars. And they were so male-dominated. It was... There wasn't a lesbian space at all. And the first time I ever had sex with a woman, I walked into a gay bar in Ireland. Ireland maybe left with her like half an hour later because it was like oh cool you're the other woman let's do this thing um and and so it was very uh yeah it just was incredibly limited like you could and you could sort of like, like transactional as in like you know this is this is what I have this is what's in front of me exactly this is and what I'm working with. yeah and it was like either do that or wait like all day at the one vegetarian restaurant in the center of Dublin but now they have multiple and it's very exciting. It's like and, I bulletin, I've heard. Yeah. <laughs> and now my sister's like out and queer and cool in Dublin and she's like going to all of the lesbian nights and there's lots of great nights. Like there's one called Spinster, which I think is a great name for a club night. Wow. Um and like there's just loads of places for queer people now in Dublin. I mean it can there can always be more and there's probably fewer for women than there are for dudes, but yeah. yeah. But then you moved to London and then like how did that change for you then? Did you like go out a bit more? Were oh you my like, god. Oh, this the selection is. Yeah, much no, that better. was wild. That was a real I really felt like such a regional gay when I got here. I did was you? like, There's so many lesbians <laughs> everywhere. My God. Yeah, I couldn't believe it. Women are allowed to play sports. No, we can do that too. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was amazing and exciting and overwhelming and really reassuring. Mm. Like really reassuring because I think I, on on that promise London delivered, as far as I was concerned, there were lots of things that I had told myself would be true when I moved to London. Right. But the like fact that you could go out and find women. Now, look... And now I'm like, oh my god! If I had, to, if the only way I could find women was to go to a club, now I would just be alone. I'd yeah. just be alone, and that's fine. I would just be alone <laughs> forever. Um, but I'd just have to learn how to do it, wouldn't I? But with um, but I think even that's not true. Like I think there are so many queer spaces now. Like my friends do queer dance classes. They mm. play for queer football teams. They have queer book clubs. They like the gays have got everywhere. Really, we really they? are doing it. Yeah, we're nailing this. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. We're an activity-based group, I'd say. Yeah. So when you first arrived then, I guess, like, 
my question is like were people sort of like oh like this Irish girl like you know it's like oh no it was still quite baseless I think it was still quite I mean hmm I think yes but no more like for women than men or like I don't think there was a I don't think the lesbians necessarily were as into the Irish thing any more than anybody else but Mm -hmm. I do think there's like being Irish is a nice thing when you're flirting because well, I think I was going I was going the reason why I asked is because I love a stat on this podcast but um, it's a well-received accent sexually it's a, well yeah I was about to say it's voted number three yeah. in the 2023 list of the world's sexiest accents mm-hmm. which can you guess the two that come before oh I'm gonna accent? say French no Italian people don't like the French that much Oh, I'm in England. I forgot. Yeah. yeah. Nobody else cares about the French the way you guys do. It's a real weird grudge. Yeah. But um, world is like, mm, cheese and sex. Um, ooh. They're English speaking accents. Australian? Yeah. That's number one. That's number yeah, one. Yeah, I see that. You know, strangely, I don't like the Australian accent. doesn't do it for me at all. It doesn't get me going. No. I don't dislike it. I love a Kiwi accent. Do you? Yeah. I think that's very sexy. Okay, so... Hmm. Australian, Irish third. It's not Canadian or American. No, it's actually like English. Is it? Yeah. <laughs> Why am I so? <laughs> is it? Is it? Really? That's disgusting. That seems implausible. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Apparently, apparently. I reject the stats. <laughs> <laughs> what do you wow. think? Is, what do you think is the sexiest accent? I'd have said Spanish, Italian. Mm, Italian, definitely. I feel like that should have made the list. Yeah, I think like like Puerto Rican. Oh, okay. You know, I I want your accent to say I can dance. Okay. And no English person has ever spoken to me and made me think they could dance. I can dance. You know what I mean? I'm just like, ah, stop Go it. Go on in. Dance. You and me on the dance I can floor. Dance. Like, just no, please. Stop it. Um, I say all of that having dated multiple English people. So that's quite rude of me. That is you know? Um I have actually dated a couple of Irish people. Nice. Yes. Congratulations. Um, yeah, I've, I've, but they've been a bit weirded out because I like to do my alter ego, Catherine, um, which I have to let you know about, is, is an Irish woman. I go around the house and I... I like to talk to myself in an Irish accent. Okay. I know. And is everything okay at home? Yeah, or, yeah you're good. Okay, cool. <laughs> cool, cool. <laughs> I don't know, it just slips into it. It's something that my, my ex-girlfriend and I used to do quite a lot, actually. Nice. But like she would... was Irish? No, she wasn't Irish, oh. actually. I don't know if that's better or worse. Go on. No, sorry. We just, we just, sometimes, sometimes it would be Scottish, but most of the time it would be Irish. And, okay. and the one phrase that we used to say to each other if we didn't like something was, Stop. Stop. stop it, stop it, oh, stop it. That's actually really stop good. It. Yeah, I was going to ask you if you thought that my Irish accent was it's good. It's genuinely really good. I was ready to be so cringed out, but you, I was relieved when you did that. You were ready to be offended. Not even offended, just cringed, because my girlfriend does a lot of Irish too, but um, not well. Oh no. And um, and it's uh, it's a real uh, bane of our of my life and indeed um, issue. It's an oh, issue. Oh no. Well, um... Yeah, it's um I I do like to do it. I don't I we have a friend um well we had a friend. I don't know you're still in the past tense. Um but she Wait, is the friend dead or the relationship no. over? <laughs> the relationship. Okay, that's, that's what we're getting. That's why I was like <laughs> I was like we what are we saying with we being past tense and the, the friend being still alive. <laughs> 
I know. I really, I was like, mm. a relief um, for the friend. A relief sorry for the to friend. hear. Yeah. Sorry. Um, <laughs> she's very much alive, but her name is Sharon. And yeah. she um, is just a really funny Irish um, woman. And I just really like her. She's the kind of person she's like, you know, she's like, oh, you wouldn't believe what I did this weekend. It's absolutely, you know, absolutely shocking. Absolute shocking scenes from the men. You I know. don't believe that there is an unfunny Irish woman. No. And we were talking about this. Um, I just think it's... Poppy and I were literally talking about this. And for context of people listening, Poppy is um, helping with the tech today. Um, Hi, we were talking about whether there is anyone in Ireland that is not funny. The thing is, it's like, I don't really know if there is, but there's certainly no such thing as an unfunny Irish woman. I genuinely believe Irish women are the funniest people on the planet. Yes. And I don't just say that, like, I mean, truly, like... Just really plugging your tour here. I just know. About, just about like, to go, you know like, what? I'm, I'm not even tour. kind of the funniest <laughs> person in my family. People are always like, were you the class clan? Like, are you the funniest person in your family? I'm like, no, not even close. Like, I way prefer gigging here. When I gig here, heckles are worst case scenario and insult. In Ireland, heckles are worst case scenario, a much better story than the one you're telling. Mm. And it's like, oh no, everyone here is hilarious. I genuinely <laughs> get so much more stressed gigging there. Um... No offence and thank you for having me, Britain. Um, and yeah, please come to the tour. But I do, I think um, we just don't take ourselves very seriously. And I don't think we could when you're small, when you're tiny. Like, mm. you just have to be like, ah, look, we'll do our best. But sure. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Let's have a nice time. Yeah. So in terms of like, you know, when you were dating or like what your type Sorry, is. Sorry, well, have I answered a single question you've asked me, Rosie? No, I mean, I don't think we, we either have, to be honest. Great. We've just okay, gone great. off on a massive <laughs> tangent, you know, that's it, it's fine. That's great. what this podcast is about. Um, but when you are, when you were dating or what you mm. find attractive, um, do you find that quality in someone attractive, like not taking themselves seriously or do, you know, what are, what's your type and what do you kind of, what did you look for? Or, you know, I know you're in a relationship now, but what's. I'm definitely attracted yeah. to funny. I need there to be... I mean, I, I, I don't know anybody who's like, I need it to be dour. I'd like it to be exclusively <laughs> serious, please. <laughs> but like, I have to have banter with some... Yeah. Banter, God, I hate that phrase. But like... No, but you... Yes. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I think if... And if it's not a little bit... Like... I hope she won't mind me telling this story. Well, the first time I flirted with my girlfriend, her friend was out with her that night and came up to her at one point and was like what's going on with you guys and she was like I don't know I think we're fighting and I heard her and was like we're not fighting we're flirting she just hasn't noticed yet and I think that's like I'm like <laughs> what I need did you say to her? nothing but I just need that like a little bit of like mockery and fun yeah, yeah. and like being able to be the butt of a joke mm. and not cruel but like there has to be a fun No, but I, I feel that as well. And I've I've actually fallen victim to being that person that has been accused of like fight not fighting, yeah. but you know, <laughs> it's just, you know, it's like what you're drinking, like, oh if you've you know, just having a bit of back and forth. Yeah. Like, oh, you want a wine? Do you want a pint of wine then? You exactly. Know? <laughs> exactly. I just feel like if you can't have a laugh then from the start, then yikes, where's it gonna go? Um and also I want someone who can mock me, like mm. I don't want to be on a pedestal. No. And it's nice when someone can have fun with you. But also, I think that you do learn to sort of flirt and be a little bit more like maybe forward. This isn't true for everyone, but I feel like probably it's my personality type. But also, I think when you are femme presenting, you end up being like, okay, I need some techniques to make it clear that I am queer. Yes. Um, and I can't wear this shirt every day. 
I know, you know? and I, just, I can't wear this every day. No. You know, although I have actually stopped wearing dresses now. Have you? I don't, well, I keep hitting the microphone. I wear a dress well. almost every um, day. Do you? Yeah. No, you know, you see, I, I feel like I've taken a step back since maybe maybe my breakup for the past couple yeah. of months. I've taken a little step back from being more feminine. I don't know whether that's like my subconscious being a bit more like, well, maybe I would like to, you know, look a little bit more gay. I need a signal to the other women yeah. that I am available. I'm now available. <laughs> so anyone who... Uh... I love that you're wearing braces. <laughs> a subtle signal. How will they know? Subtle signal to... Maybe I need like a little cigarette. It's like basically a... the bat yeah. signal. <laughs> yeah. Basically. Um, but yeah, no, I stopped wearing dresses because it wasn't serving me. Like I was getting absolutely no action in a tea dress at all. But a tea dress is a very specific thing. I hear what you're saying. Yeah. I hear so what you're saying. I had to really sort of, you know, change up. But I was just saying to you, actually, like before we started recording this podcast, that um, my friend, I have a friend who lives in Edinburgh and she's mm. um, Australian. So she's very like, um, you know, the type of Australians are very... Um, like they sound very serious, but they're joking. So yes, you know, deadpan, deadpan. Australia. She's like, right. Well, uh, I'm gonna have to sort you out then. I'm gonna have to uh, make you more gay. And I was like, what does this mean? And she was just like, you don't look gay. We're gonna make you gay. And so one evening when I was round at her house, like she literally essentially stripped me bare and not in that sense but okay I was like well know, she really was gonna make you gay no, make, make me straight um but you know it was it was everything we tried everything it was like you know put this gilet on does the gilet work you know put this backwards cap on you know have you considered having an undercut she was like maybe get a few more piercings what about a tattoo I do have about 12 piercings do, I mean I do as well actually I have like three 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 on one ear and four on yeah, the other and a yeah. fine line tattoo do you have any tattoos no tattoos okay. but I basically have full body cover of freckles so ah. it would be a waste of ink well but there you go I do have a lot of piercings yeah. yeah but you know she was she was being serious she was like you need to to be you know signaling more and I don't know like how you feel about this but That's it's so it's funny. very hard for people sometimes to know that you are gay I have to say I do much better the more femme I look really yeah I think an element of surprise stealth never ah, hurt nobody okay I think a little bit of like but I say that, very easy for me to say that because I'm attracted to butch and androgynous people. Right, okay. So if you're femme for femme and trying to signal that, I don't know how you do that. Whereas, because I'm predominantly, and I mean, I've dated people all over this map and I find femme women incredibly attractive, but predominantly I am attracted to androgyny and mm. masculinity and butchness, especially in women. And... So while I'm incredibly high femme, usually I'm this is as as butch as I get. Um, full nails, full makeup, full hair. <laughs> I was gonna say, like, um, seriously, butch in my right little now. Zara women's shirt. Yeah. Um, yikes! I am usually able to identify who I would want to hit on. Okay. And identify their queerness. What does that process look like, or did look like? We. Oh look, there's you know... a mullet over there. Yes, please. <laughs> Do you oh, need look, to go on the over there? <laughs> yes, please. You know, it's not that. Oh, some Doc Martens. Yum, yeah. yum. But see, this is what I I struggle with because I mean I don't know I don't know know what my type is yeah like and people, also it's most people don't have a strict type yeah it's weird like I think it's almost weirder too yeah it's it's weird too but I would say that I quite like 
I, I think I do go for more feminine presenting women. I think that that's a real problem. Mm-hmm. I don't go, I don't necessarily go for like super, you know, supermodel, like yeah. loads of makeup, really glam, yeah. like dress kind of women because they scare me. Yes. They intimidate me. Yes. I couldn't imagine like being I don't want to date someone from. I think would have bullied me at school. Yes. I get it. Oh my I God. really get this it. Is, this is the line that I'm going to use. That's like so on a dating, dating app. Like, <laughs> you know, it needs to be someone who, you know, can, can also rock like, you know, some sweatpants and yeah. do all of that. But, you know, stereotypically speaking, they are more feminine. But it's like, how the fuck do you navigate that? And now I'm yeah. single. I, I don't know what to do. Am I supposed to have a sticker on, on myself? Like, I do think the apps are the only way to go. Because at least the apps oh, no. allow for identification from the outset. I hate the apps, though, Catherine. I hate them. Yeah, they're really bad. I think they're also really bad if you do anything remotely public. Not to say that, like, it's not bad for everyone. But it is cringe when, like... You're on a dating app and someone's like, ah, I've seen you at work. And also, isn't your ex-girlfriend this person? And didn't you once have this mental illness? And you're like, what? Uh, what's your name? It's just there's a real asymmetry of information yeah, yeah, that yeah. is disconcerting. It's like if someone read your diary and then rocked up to <coughs> Literally. a date. It's a little. So I think that is tricky. But I think. I do like that they give you taxonomy and a, a means of just like being like, well, I know she's queer. I know she's. Yeah. It's tricky. But this is what I worry about, you know, and I have a friend, um, the the lesbian lumberjack on mm-hmm. um, Instagram. I don't know if you've come across that. Nicole, she's Canadian. It was nothing but an honour and a privilege to find out who she was. Have I got sent a video of hers by yeah. my friend who knows the kind of women I find attractive and was like, have you seen this woman? <laughs> <laughs> And um, a friend who's married to a gorgeous woman yeah. whose wife was sat beside her when she was like, I'm sending you the video. <laughs> and um, so I like went to follow her and she already followed me. And I was like, yes, <laughs> there's no cool way to be chill about that. But I was just like, oh, my God, how exciting. Oh, yes, yeah. I know the lesbian lumberjack. Of yeah. course. Nicole, she's so she's so lovely. But um, we were talking recently about the fact that she like put herself on hinge, like without even really like thinking oh, about it. Her. And then she no. got like 3000 messages. Or something, <laughs> like You're the lesbian lumberjack. And I was like. Why did you do that? Obviously, I, I could have told you that was going to happen. <laughs> yeah. Obviously. Yeah. Yeah, that's a case of, she doesn't need to tell people she's gay, though. Like, she's good. Yeah, she's, she's okay. She's going through the world in a sleeveless top and everyone will be fine <laughs> with it. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So do you have, like, any funny dating stories from, like, your period of, you know, before? It's so bad. The of- only hinge date I ever went on turned into a relationship. Really? Yeah. That's so lesbian. Like, it really is. So lesbian. It really is. We walked to the Heath extension. Oh, wow. Um, oh, you were full on granola lesbian. It was during then. lockdown. Did you have a couple of these mugs as well? Yeah, you? if only. <laughs> <laughs> it was like towards the end of lockdown when you could walk, but not like. And it was, we went and got coffee and ha- and I wore really not very sensible shoes and a dress. Because um, I thought we'd walk for like an hour. Yeah. But we were having such a nice time that we walked for like. Almost four hours. Four hours? Yeah. Did you go in circles? Because Sam's a isn't yeah, actually pretty that. Pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> pretty much. But it was a good date. But um, yeah. I So I don't know. Um, other than that, yikes. I have always really tried not to date people I meet at comedy gigs. But I always end up with comedians. So what does that tell you? Well, it's like, you know, if you're working with someone, that's your that's your workplace, isn't it? I think it's also like if you think what someone does is an impressive version of what you'd like to be able to do. Mm. It's so like it's so cool and exciting and impressive. Mm. Um, 
What am I? I don't know how many it's <clears throat> No, God, I'm. Re- this is astonishing. Have I only been on one date as a thirty-five-year-old? But what know, I will say, yeah, is when I. So I met my girlfriend, and we were at the Edinburgh Fringe. We hadn't really been on a date because we were at the Edinburgh Fringe, and then we hung out a bit, and then a month into knowing each other, we went on our first date, and I'm. I was 34 at the time. She's a 30-year-old woman. We, adults, right? Mm-hmm. And I think maybe because I hadn't been on any dates and because we hadn't had a date, it like really built up. And so we went to dinner and we both dressed to the absolute nines, <laughs> which is so sweet, except that like we were in a restaurant, which was nice, but I think everyone else was like, who are these? You know when you see, <laughs> you know when you see teenagers come yeah, into like yeah. Aziz's? Yeah, yeah. And they are, and it wasn't Aziz's. It was a really nice restaurant, but like, if it was, we were that at odds with everyone else around us. It was giving like eighteen. Energy. It was giving first date energy, yeah. and I was shaking. Like she was so nervous. We were both so nervous. She, <laughs> she, <laughs> so she had like what I describe as her like smart Bart hair, mm. or you know, like very formal like mullet curls <clears throat> brushed down to each side, um, like prom. Yeah, genuinely, <laughs> we were. So petrified and it was really sweet but also I really sweet but also just like I don't know if um if that's like an it's funny how we think that's a more normal way to get to know people is to be like sit formally across from one another and then try not to ruin your nicest clothes yeah and also lie about yourself and give your best version absolutely and don't be who you actually are in in either way too dark a light or the harshest light that one could ever imagine yeah I just think there's a lot to be said for Activities on dates. Yeah. If you're like, if you are trying to plan a date, I would say, yeah. Activities are your friend. Yeah. But you know, that that energy, I think, is like something that everyone can kind of relate to mm-hmm. in a way. And I think it's really funny how you said, like, you're obviously the age that you are, but you know, I, I just turned 30. Yeah. So, um, but I know that feeling of like, if you really like somebody and you're out with them, you can feel like you're 15 again. Oh my God. Because, that's exactly how I felt. Yeah. Exactly how I felt. And we'd known each other a month. Like, we'd, it wasn't like I was like, ooh, is this going to go? Like, is this, are we going to? But I was petrified. Yeah. It's a nice feeling it though. It is, you're right. And I think that's how you know that you really like somebody. Yeah, you're right. It's like if you have these nerves and then you you go on this date and then all of a sudden you're sort of like, and I feel like as, as a queer person as well, these fucking dates go on for hours. Oh I, my God, they do. I, I went on, <laughs> Catherine, I went on a date, my first ever date with a girl. We met up at four o'clock in the afternoon and it ended at 4 a.m. at night. Yeah. I'm 12 surprised. hour date. Honestly, I thought you were going to say it ended like the following Wednesday. No, I've been no. on dates where, well, dates. I've gone like to meet a girl and then been like, I really should have brought changes of clothes. Like changes yeah. Yeah. of clothes. Yeah. Yeah, we're really all in kind of people, aren't we? We are all in. We're intense. Yeah. But yeah. it's fun. It is fun. Exactly. It is fun and nice. Um, And this chat has been very fun. Thank you. And Thank you for having me. Um, I wanted to ask you what I ask everyone on this podcast which is my my final sort of okay. closing question don't but um what do you think makes somebody girlfriend material oh my god i know it's, it's quite a deep question that i ask but I, it's like a, <laughs> i like to create sort of based like on a, everything i've just told you the answer in truth is like they looked at me <laughs> <laughs> they seem like they would do it therefore they are um okay mm. oh the suspense is killing me sorry I think it's such a cliche, but I do think, 
actually. Having said, yes, the dates are really exciting and watching somebody do something that you you know is impressive is exciting. I think somebody who makes you feel that level of excitement when you're makeupless, mm-hmm. um, planless, and maybe even like sick or tired or I think somebody because that's when you find out if somebody actually likes you Mm. not just like fancies you or ethereal word loves you or but it's like respects you cares about you I think ages ago and it took me a long time to take this information on board but ages ago I said of a boyfriend um to a a friend but he loves me as one does say dramatically in their early 20s and she was like how because I think like as a culture we're obsessed with whether or not people Mm. love us not how they love us and really it doesn't matter like those words don't mean anything unless they love you respectfully Mm. kindly supportively gently whatever it might be and if they love you like selfishly or cruelly or in a hot and cold man like Mm. like you can say love all you like but I think probably yeah someone who's kind and respectful Mm. that's a really boring answer but no it's not and I think that's a good question like to ask yourself as Mm. well like if you're you know not sure if what you're going through is you know is love because it's you know I have to be honest on this podcast like I have literally just Break, well not literally but a couple of months ago broken up with someone and it's a conversation that we had as well it was like you know do we do we love each other and what level of love do we love each mm-hmm. other on is it a romantic love or is it a platonic love and in the end it was you know that we love that we loved each other in a really respectful kind way but not in a romantic way yeah and i that's, think hey that's an amazing outcome i think there are way worse ways to find yourself at the end of a relationship Mm. and I think if you are chasing love rather than like mutual respect romantic love if you put it on a pedestal I think you can end up often um I think a lot of relationships I've come out of being like oh I've given loads what have I received (laughs) yeah and that's not me putting blame on anybody else. That's like, what did I expect? What did I, you know, what did I offer? Like, mm. sometimes I gave too much more than anybody should. So that's on me too. But I think, um, I think equity and, and, you know, an equal level of investment and effort, you don't have to be the same. Like, I don't think everyone has to care for their partner the way that they are cared for. But I think, do they do this, like the same amount? Do they care? The, yeah. You know, it's the energy split. I talk about it quite a lot, like with, with the content I do. And I believe that when you are in a relationship with someone, whether it's platonic or romantic, there should be an energy split there. Mm-hmm. And it's like, if you're giving 50%, then the other person should be giving 50. You need to meet each other. I think that's really, really important and really insightful, yeah. actually. I think um, my parents have been together for 40 years. And my dad does all of the housework which whenever you say people are always like oh my god that's amazing because anyway just because he's a dude and you're like oh come on yeah. but also like it's like my mom does a shitload of like she he doesn't cook a single meal she does mm. all of the cooking my point is like they found ways to be like this is exactly equal it's just not the same yeah and I think yeah anyway that's what a simplistic example but yeah I just do think you're right it's like it doesn't have to be 
it, it also can like obviously move with like stress levels or like a yeah, specific yeah. event. But generally speaking, it should be fairly fairly even. Yeah. Yeah. You don't want to be in a 95, 5% situation. And do they care about your life as much as their life? Like that energy, I think, is also important. Like, yeah. do they notice if you aren't poor? like if I think someone who says, do you want to come out with my friends is great. But also someone who says, have you seen your friends in a while? Mm. Is yeah. also great. Yeah. yeah. That's a very, very poetic end to a <laughs> podcast. Have you seen your friends in a while? <laughs> yeah. Have you, have you seen your friends? Have you? Yeah. I've seen, I've seen my friends. Um, if we want to find out more about you mm. and also your tour oh, yes. that oh you're going on and we want to talk about. <sighs> and I really want the lesbians to come too. Please, lesbians, yes. please. Please. Um, yes. Okay. So you can find me on at Catherine Bohart on Instagram, TikTok, X, um, YouTube, Facebook for all your, um, whatever your uh, vibe is on mm. social media. I'm usually there. Um, I would love you to come to my tour show. It's called Again With Feelings. And um, I think it's it's my fourth stand-up hour. I think it's probably my best. I'm pretty excited about it. It's very queer mm-hmm. um, because it's me talking about my life. But um, And you're going all around the, U- the UK and oh, Ireland, yeah. right? Yeah, I'm starting two weeks in Soho Theatre and then I'm basically all over the UK and Ireland. And I'm excited. Nice. Um, and that is going... It, well, it will be live by the time this podcast oh, goes yeah. out. Oh, yeah. It's on sale. CatherineBohort.com. Check out the show notes uh, below for the links. Do. Please do. Um, Bring your friends. Have you seen those guys in a while? That'd be nice. Yeah, have it? you seen your friends? That's a takeaway yeah. from this episode. If you haven't seen your friends, go Why out. don't you just come to my stand-up show with them? Yeah. Done. Exactly. That was a, a, an essential but great plug. Thank you. I like it. <laughs> um, Catherine, thank you so much for joining us. And um, as always, if you like this podcast, please make sure that you rate it. Please make sure you review it. Um, follow us and subscribe. You know, all of the lovely things that people should be doing. Um, nobody's left a review yet. Come on, guys. What? One, I know. This podcast has been going for ages and it's oh got so many gosh. followers. Come on, you So guys. much support. And I'm just like, somebody just needs to write a review. Just a little one. That would be quite nice. Anyway, have a lovely week and um, I'll see you again next Monday. Bye. Guys, thank you so much for listening to Girlfriend Material. You might be sad that the podcast is over for this week. I know I am. But I'll be back at the same time next week with another juicy guest just for your ears. In the meantime, though, if you liked this episode, make sure you subscribe and share it with someone who you think might also enjoy listening. Sharing is caring, guys. Girlfriend Material is hosted by myself at Rosie Turner Daily, so go ahead and follow me on Instagram and TikTok for more content with support from my lovely babes, Essie and Clara, just for you. We love you and we'll see you soon.